As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of our live broadcast here. This is an opportunity for many of you to meet some amazing leaders and individuals that are making awesome change um, around the world and in our local communities. And I'm excited to have our guest today here, Brenda. Brenda and I have known each other over the years. So these this is will be an official catch-up session um, for us, but also I think an amazing opportunity for many of you that are listening or maybe haven't heard Brenda before to talk about how important it is um, in the money that we invest the businesses that we invest in, the companies that we invest in, and also thinking about our future. Um, For many of us, we think about retirement, we think about financial planning, we think about these big things, but we don't always think about them from the perspective of how does it impact the movement? Where are we putting our money? Where are we putting our money to make sure that our money is aligned with our ethical practices and our ethical beliefs? So I'm really excited today to kind of have this specific type of conversation because this might be that reminder for many of you to make sure that the money that you're investing, the businesses that you partner with, the companies or even organizations that you support align with your investments. And what I want to make sure is we have an expert on the line to help navigate you through that process. So I'm really excited to have Brenda here today with us from Humane Investing. Welcome, Brenda. Hello, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you. Now, we're going to make this a fun, interactive session for any of you that are listening to us live. Please, please let us know that you are there. Just say a quick hello. If you know Brenda, you can always give Brenda a hello as well. And if you have questions as we move forward in today's session, feel free to post them, whether you're watching this live or as a replay, or even if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can always jump on our social media channels and post a quick question. I'll make sure that I pass it along to Brenda as well. So as we dive in, I want to make sure everyone kind of gets to know you a little bit, Brenda. Maybe we should give them a little bit of background, meaning how long have you been vegan? And maybe just give them a little bit of perspective on your vegan journey, kind of what was the aha moment that had you make the the transition? Sure. I feel like so many people have great vegan stories. I don't think mine is particularly exciting. But back when I was 16 years old, I worked in a pizza shop. And I had never met a vegan or vegetarian And the day I did is when I went vegetarian and the woman who worked with me, she was a couple years older and she was a little bit snobby about it. Actually, (laughs) when she said she didn't eat meat, I said, oh, I would love to do that, but I don't think I could go without meat. And she said, it's very easy. (laughs) And so I remember going home that day and telling my mom and my sister said, I'll do it with you. So me and my sister did it. I was um, 16 and she was 14. My mother was very understanding. My dad would tease us, but he went along with it too. My, my brother, He said he would never be vegetarian because of me, because I was an angry vegan back then. (laughs) So he changed my life. He has no recollection of saying that to me, but I told him, I said, I needed to hear it because I was an angry vegan. (laughs) (laughs) 
I admit it. <laughs> and I think that's the thing about growth. I think a lot of times people forget that many of us enter this movement, enter this journey at totally different places. And we sometimes have to evolve. We sometimes have to kind of grow into where we want to make an impact um, in the world and in this movement and also how we express it. So I think sure. it's good sometimes that some of us are, you know, get a little reality check on how we're expressing ourselves. But I also love that maybe what um, kind of started with you with a comment from your brother has brought you to where you are today as far as, you know, what you do around investment um, and helping people. So maybe let's give everyone a little bit of background, walk them through what, Humane Investing does, what's your mission, and why you started um, down this venture. Sure. And I and I do want to give big props to you because I feel like through the last few months, I feel like my whole life I've been a vegan and then I happened to own a business. And the last, I would say, six months, I felt a shift where all of a sudden I think more like a business owner. And I think it's a lot because of you. I, I listen to you. I watch what you do. And it's it's fun. And it wasn't until I actually started thinking about that pizza job recently where it's funny that it happens to do with my vegetarian journey, too. But I used to run the place on Sundays. It was a small pizza shop, but I would go in, make the pizzas before anyone came in. And then once they came in, I would serve everyone all day. But I never prior to before that, I was 16. I never gave any thought to being a business owner myself. And just recently, I've, I've appreciated how fun that role is, where I never would have thought that would be something that would appeal to me. But working at a bank for many years, they always wanted to help people that already had money. And I never got excited. If someone came in and they said they had $7 million, everyone in the office would be all excited. And I just didn't get that joy. And I knew I was different from them. Like I wanted to help those people have the $7 million, not... I just felt like anyone could help them and no one was like banging on <laughs> no one was banging on the doors of the people I wanted to help to help them to help them with their finances. So now if I want to stay on the phone or Zoom with a client for two hours, no one's getting mad at me, rolling their eyes, saying, How much money does this person have? Is it really worth your time to spend two hours with them? I can do it. <laughs> and probably some of the clients wish I didn't talk that much, but <laughs> that's a different story. But I love that because it's and let me know if I'm I'm stretching a little bit further than maybe what you meant, but it sounds like it's not just it's great that you you're running your business, but you're making those choices. You feel empowered to do it, and that's what I love about running a business is that piece of empowerment where you can decide to invest in your customers, yeah. invest in extra time, and then also it creates a little bit of a blend of activism for many of us. It creates an opportunity where we may help someone who others, if they were only bottom line focused, would not have taken the time to help them or maybe not discovered that there is a great synergy. You just had to kind of work through all the paperwork and the discussion to find that kind of um, the gem, you know, um, amongst the the stack of stack of papers. I don't know. Do you feel that way or? Oh, I absolutely do. I mean, I might get emotional saying this, but when I started and I said I only wanted to work with people who cared about animals and who were vegan or at least vegetarian focused. And I remember my brother saying, that's a really bad business plan. If I came to you with a million dollars, you're going to say no. And I said, yeah, I don't want to work with those people. And I really love all my clients. And so I would go to the end of the earth for them. And it, it's fun. And selfishly, I love talking to people. I love meeting different people. And because it's not a niche other than our philosophy is similar, I've met so many people over the last six months. So when so many people are having are suffering during this time, I feel bad because I'm talking to people I love every day and that's my job. And helping them, which is a I mean, I selfishly enjoy helping people. So that's the win. 
I oh, I hate that corporate term. Sorry for using that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay, everybody's familiar with some of these, these terminologies. Um, but I love that because, yes, things things are hard out there. Things are, you know, it's a lot that is stressing a lot of people. But I do think it's so important that we position our lives as much as that we can control. Right. Um, that creates these 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 pathways to joy, to just excitement, to opportunities that we love doing. So I'm really happy to hear that you've been able to spend time doing th- things that you love, even with all the turmoil around uh, around us all. Um, it's great when you can empower yourself to start a business that inspires you know what you love doing. Right. No. And I feel like through this time, I was talking to a psychologist the other day and she normally, she was calling me for financial advice, but she normally meets with people in person. So to her, Zooming felt um, less intimate, if you will, where I told her, for me, it's the opposite, where I've had clients, I've never met them and we've been talking on the phone for years and for the first time, I'm Zooming. (laughs) And I had younger people who had suggested it before and I poo-pooed the idea and now I love it so much and I'm getting to see people I never saw and I, I think it does get people to be more creative and I'm not generally very creative, so I appreciate other people's creativity. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm a really big fan of I see everyone uh, a lot more people than I've seen before. I can see people's expression. So even when sometimes I say something and they have a concerned look on their face, I can say, oh, wait a minute, you know, do I need to back up and explain it? So I really have found that this has been a wonderful thing because it's it's brought me closer to people and we can have more conversations and I can have bigger conversations with groups of people. Like I did a live um, session I was telling you about before this and I can see everybody on the screen. So I can look and people can raise their hands and um, and I feel like I can I can even provide more kind of even individualized um, kind of feedback and a response in this digital age. So I've been, I've been really, really enjoying it. But let's talk even more about kind of the way the world has been, like how much has shifted. Have you felt like 2020 has drastically changed the type of conversations that you're having with people when it comes to financial planning? Are you finding that more people are more interested in financial planning or, you know, how has, what's been kind of the impact of this year on your, not only business, but maybe some of the conversations you're having with your customers and potential customers? Right. You, you would think it would have played more of a part than it has. I think for my, for my circle, it's been strange because in May, we found out our company was being taken over by Goldman Sachs. Uh-huh. And Goldman Sachs doesn't have a great reputation. So I spent the next I'd say 12 weeks, the next three months, separating from my company only to find out that my company was so unhappy with the potential merger that they became independent. And so I didn't need to go through all those steps that I just spent all that time doing. And my clients, I I probably overshare, but I told them every step of the way what was going on. And so long story short, uh, Humane Investing is now 100% independent, but I still use First Affirmative for their investment services. So the clients, I feel like they were more coaching me along the way instead of the opposite, where they kept saying, it's going to be okay. And I was like, I'm supposed to be saying that to you. But I really do work with awesome people. And they, and they, it was just really nice because I really did want to not give them my concern. And I, I mean, it was a lot of anxiety. <laughs> and I'm not used to having that much anxiety. But they really were like looking out for me. And I said, no, 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 this is role reversal. <laughs> so it, yeah, so COVID... I guess most of the people I work with haven't been affected to the same degree. Like they're working, they're working from home. 
I have, I haven't seen the other side where people out of work, like even my friends are all still working. They're just working from home. So I feel like in that respect, I'm very fortunate, but that was one of the reasons I really wanted, I was excited to talk to you today because if there are people that have been affected adversely and they do want to talk about money, I'm happy to help. I mean, pro bono, pro bono, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm happy to, anyone can reach out and we can talk about it because I do feel like I'm in a good position to be able to assist. Now, is there anything, I mean, especially with that recommendation that you're saying that if anyone is struggling or trying to figure out what to do now because they've been in fa- impacted by COVID or even if it's been indirect, I think a lot of times when, you know, when these big things happen, sometimes they wake us up to the things that we said we were always going to do, but like three years has passed and we haven't done it, you know, or years have passed. So I'm, I'm curious, there may be some people out there that this is more the wake up call for them. They may still be working remotely. They may still be working full time, but this is a chance maybe seeing this video reminds them that I need to start doing the planning. I need to sit down and have a plan. I need to know where and how I want to invest. So maybe I'm hoping this is kind of a little bit of a wake up call for some folks. But if people are thinking about, you know, should I be investing? Um, how do I prepare? What should I do first before calling you? Is there anything that you would recommend that if someone's saying, I know I need to do this, what's my first step? Do I just call you and start a conversation or do I need to prepare first? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I love that. So I do believe everyone needs a financial plan, but not everybody needs a financial advisor. So absolutely, everyone does need a plan. And it just feels good to know that you're doing the right thing, where a lot of times people don't do that before they call me and they say, I know I should be doing this. And that's what starts the whole conversation. But I feel like those are the people that have already done more than they realize. Mm-hmm. So even so, I feel like a lot of times the people that reach out have already done a lot of the right things, and that's why they're in a position to call me. But so so no, you don't really have to do anything ahead of time if you have an idea of what your budget is and if you're overspending or underspending. I'm not a bitter person. I'm generally very happy, but I will tell you the one thing that used to make me bitter. And I've said this before, so forgive me if I told you this before. But I used to table at um, AR, and people would say they would come up to my table and say. Oh, sorry, I don't have any money to invest. And I would watch them walk over to the next table and go buy lots of makeup that costs a lot of money. And I would say, that is why you don't have any money to invest. And it was funny because I would always tell whoever was tabling, I said, I am going to be bitter by the end of this day <laughs> because people's priorities, at least in my inexpert opinion, were a little bit shifted. And I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people are getting more empowered in that respect because there's so much that you can do for free that Zooming is free. You can go for walks with people for free. And I've seen people saving more during the last few months than ever before because we're not eating out as much, if at all. We're not going out as much, if at all. So it, it, it has positively affected those people who still do have employment because they're not able to spend bar Amazon, <laughs> bar Amazon and grocery delivery. But other than that, I think that it really does drive home the fact like, what do you absolutely need? And it might be different than what you thought. Absolutely. Because I think when you give the example of makeup, I like the first thing that comes to my mind is like, is that enough? Like, <laughs> really invest that many? Like, because I think when you, I think of investment, you think it has to have a lot of zeros um, behind it right, right. to get started. So I don't know if you want to comment on that for anyone, yeah. maybe if that popped in, in their brain while they're watching. Yes, I do. And thank you. Because I, and I do, I don't want to use a Starbucks example where that's $3 a day if you put that away. Actually, that's not going to be a lot of money unless you start when you're 12. So $3 a day, you do need to save. 
But the big advantage, and I hate making a generalization because it's always it's always going to fall fall flat on some people, but a lot of vegans do have good priorities, and they really do know how to put people they love first. And that's, if anything, that's why they don't have a lot of money because they put animals first. They put everybody first before them. I tell them you can't save anyone else until you take care of yourself. So increase your income, but you can almost always decrease your expenses. Yeah. I, I mean, that's where it comes down to me. <laughs> I, was say, I say the same thing from a business standpoint. I'm like, bring down the expenses because right. that's how you can increase your um, revenue and ultimately income right. um, in our businesses. Um, so I love that you touched on that. So help people understand like why vegan investing, why humane investing, like what, what piece may, maybe are people missing when they're just doing their traditional 401ks or when they're doing, you know, I'll just grab a mutual fund and put a little bit of money away over there. Or if they're, you know, kind of doing their investment, based on what was always set up for them based on that first job that they had out of college or out of high school. How how do these things come together in a practical sense? And why should people be paying attention to the companies, the mutual funds, um, and how they invest their money? Yeah, great question. And, and for me, it's twofold. And one is it helps you, it makes people feel better, but that wouldn't be enough to keep me going. And no offense to everyone I work with, like if it just made us all feel good, I couldn't keep, I feel like it's, it's a hard job <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to do it if my job was just saying, yay, we didn't invest in XYZ today. But I feel like the engagement part of it is really where we, we are making a difference. I was doing continuing ed over the weekend with a very traditional company. It was like New York Life and they had as one of their things on ESG, which is environmental, social and governance issues, mm-hmm. traditionally SRI. They had animal welfare. I really? It's never, and this is New York life. I've never touched their products. I don't use their products. I would picture them being the opposite of anything I do for a living. And they actually had it listed as one of the criteria. And I just, I was so excited because I feel like that's where the fun part is, is that we have, since I've been doing it, the little triumphs are small. <laughs> They're very small. But I feel like things like that are where we are getting people's attention and the other part, and this is the exciting part, is that I feel like I, I'm not not needed yet, but I think I'm getting to be less needed because it's in the news every day. You know that there's like, the I think there was one IPO last week, some company called Laird. I'd never heard of them. And then they're talking about another IPO for, um, oh, it was, um, I can't think of the name of the, it's a vegan, a vegan company that they just filed to go public. I mean, this is on regular mainstream news now. So I do like that. I, I It does make me less, I am more obsolete. Like I'll still always do planning. And that's why I really enjoy that part of it and want to talk to people who do just need help with finances. But the ethical and the humane investing, I feel like that's going on if I on a bill now. Um, I've been trying to get mutual fund companies to be more ethical. Um, they all purport to be wanting to change the world and be environmental, but they don't normally talk about animals. That's why that New York life thing got me so excited. Nice. Now, do you feel like, like you're talking about the mutual funds that are maybe moving in that direction, or like you said, there's more and more kind of IPOs and so forth coming out. Do you feel like there's momentum coming and, and things are just going to become more and more, or do you feel like, you know, some of these companies, some of these institutions are like dragging along. They're like, ugh. 
I've been asked this so many times, we'll just give it a try. Because I, I think sometimes in industries or in markets, you get to that point where it's a question of, is it you know a resistant movement forward or is it a true positive momentum um, that's creating growth in these industries? Yeah, I think I think there is momentum. And a friend of mine sent a picture the other day, and this is not, it is related, but I'm really, he took a picture of all the meat in the vegan section. I mean, just, I mean, you know, it's all over the place. And I, my thought was, I wonder, and I don't know what the answer to this is, but I wonder if a traditional meat eater sees that and if they just stubbornly walk past it, like, I am not going to look, I'm not going to look. Or if they're like, grab one just to try it. Because I was just reading about the studies. UBS, another large financial firm, just put forth a whole report on plant-based meat. And I was shocked at how, I mean, A, that they did it. But B, at how taste is such a big deal still to people. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, the old me, the younger vegan me would have been annoyed with how health conscious I am now. I wouldn't have wanted to eat dinner with me <laughs> because now I, I do love a whole uh, plant-based foods, but it's <laughs> coincidental. <laughs> but I just wonder if they, um, if they'll try it and maybe they won't put it on Facebook. <laughs> because <laughs> I just feel like it's everywhere now. It's like you can't get away from it. Yeah. And it's anyway, so I think it's momentum. I think uh, it, I think you would be ignorant to turn your back on it at this point. And I mean, financially, even those people are doing it for the wrong reasons. At least they're doing it. I I had a client say to me the other day, they said, the animals don't care why you're doing it. (laughs) That is so true. That is so true. Um, I just wonder how much, especially when you think of like these investment kind of channels or these opportunities, you know, do they have enough, you know, protection? Do they have enough support to last? Because I know even that happens, even that happens in the, you know, food systems, you know, you see a product or something or a product line pop up and then it just disappears because it really doesn't have the support. They're just kind of doing it as a little bit of a marketing play as an example sure. to show that they're maybe a little bit more friendly, but sure. the idea is that it doesn't have the resources that it needs. So I was just curious, um, you know, and I, I keep wondering kind of in the back of my mind, how many from an investing standpoint, are you seeing more and more companies really put money behind these projects, really look for new and great ways for people. And maybe it's not all vegan. It may be more environmental. It may be some some expanded kind of causes that many of us care about that are we seeing more and more of these vehicles pop up? Are we seeing companies really engage in it? Yeah, so Maple Leaf, they own, um, is it Field Roast? I think Field mm-hmm. Roast Party, and two big vegan companies, or maybe it's Light Life, Light Life. Um, I was on their shareholder call with PETA and we got to ask a question directly to the CEO. And we were both so excited because we were the only two that asked a question. It was both about the vegan products. <laughs> so I know they had to walk a walk line because I'm sure there's a lot of people on the, on the call that <laughs> support their pig farming or whatever it is they do. But they acknowledge that this is a big growing part of their business. And then from on the investment space, like, um, I'm not giving investment advice, obviously, again, big trouble, but uh, Claire's vegan ETF. When I, she works with Lee Coates, and I remember I contacted Lee, and we had a Skype session like probably a decade ago, and I begged him, I said, do what you're doing in Australia and the U.S., and I'm so proud of them for doing it. I mean, that's huge. And if people, if everybody can start asking their 401k plan to replace their index fund with the vegan ETF, just think how huge that would be. And if nothing else, I think they'll do very well. But if nothing else, 
it's just brought it into the mainstream media where they're talking about this vegan ETF now. I love it. It's you wouldn't have picture, you know that like five, ten years ago, you never think a vegan ETF would make it here. Absolutely. And that's just that make headlines, you know, where people are talking about it. You know, that right. kind of it's not just happening in our, our vegan communities and our vegan circles, but it's actually happening kind of, you know, in the market, in the industry. That's the piece that really gets me excited. So how how do you stay up to date? How do you stay up to date on what's happening in these businesses? What's happening from an investment standpoint? Because I think for a lot of people, they want, they need help. They need someone like a financial planner like yourself. But what they also want is how do they stay a little bit aware of what's happening with these businesses so they understand when these opportunities are coming up or how do, you know, should they be sitting on shareholder um, calls like you're doing and so forth? Do you have any advice for anyone who wants to become a little bit more educated on um, what's happening in these businesses and how they should be investing? I find it incredibly overwhelming. I would say that's the toughest part of my job in a good way because there's so much coming out every single day. It's like a fire hose, but I listen to podcasts now when I'm running with my doggy every morning mm-hmm. and I read for about an hour or two every morning too, just to try to stay abreast. And I know, I mean, you just heard me. I couldn't think of the two IPOs. <laughs> I mean, so much, there's so much good news that it's hard to stay on top of everything. But yeah, so I mean, make sure I would, if anyone has an advisor, A, make sure they're fiduciary and they're looking out for your client's best interest. But even if, even if you love your advisor and they're not a fiduciary, tell them to start looking at this for you because there, I'm sure you're not the only one who wants it. And I've seen a really neat evolution, if you will, where before people would call me because their advisor didn't want to talk about socially responsible investing. They, they would say it's a bad idea or you're not going to do as well. And that never happens now. I'll get people who call and say their advisor wants to do it, but they don't know enough about it. So it's really neat to see that happen. So I encourage people to say not even not just screen for environmental causes, but look at it from an animal welfare standpoint, animal rights standpoint, and a quick Google search will show you like where the resources are. And I I, I don't know. And even on your website, those videos I did, I. I, um, I'll do them again, I promise, because I, I appreciate your letting me do that. But I really wanted it to be helpful for people to share with their advisors so that we can get the word out. I'm too little to make a difference on my own, but everybody doing it can really help. And there's, I have a vegan LinkedIn group for financial advisors, and I think we have 14 or 16 of us now. <laughs> and we're supposed to do another Zoom call soon. And we all, we're good about sharing information. And I just picture like all these advisors across the country, I took them down to their clients. And, it's exciting. It is. Wait a minute. So what's the name of the LinkedIn group in case anyone's interested? Or No, it's just for advisors. But if oh, it's a- for advisors. Oh. Yeah, so, so it's a vegan financial advisors. But when I started it, it was just like randomly, I, I have Peter's sexiest man alive. I found out he was a financial advisor, so I reached out to him. Like it was so random. But I was trying to find other vegans in the business and there were a few and far between. But now we have this little network of us. And it's I, I love the group and it's amazing because it was lonely. And then I found out like Joshua Levine, he's been doing it longer than me. And we've um, spoken to Animal Rights together a couple of times and I love him. And everyone on there, they're great people and they're in it for the right reasons. So quote unquote. Right. I like that. I like how you found other people that were passionate about what you were passionate about. They find other people that kind of bringing together like-minded um, kind of folks. Because I think sometimes when we run businesses, when we start businesses, and when we start businesses in industries that not everyone connects the dots between it, the vegan 
kind of movement, why veganism matters in these industries. It's so nice when we don't have to kind of be alone in that. We oh, can build community around us. You are so good at that of bringing together. And because I think it can be lonely. What's the thing where they talk about the overnight success and you find out they've been in business for 20 years? <laughs> you know, people just think, oh, that was easy for us. So I think like what you're doing is amazing. And I think it's really good that people realize it can be a struggle for a lot. It really, it really can. So why don't we do this? We did have a quick hello. I missed this earlier. Um, Zara Gluten-Free always kind of says hello and, and drops in. So I'm really glad um, that they um, showed up today. But I just noticed the time. We're getting close to our 30-minute mark. We normally do these trying oh. in about 20 minutes, but we're having so much fun. No, no, no. This is great. I just want to make sure before we wrap up today that if people want to get in touch with you, if people are thinking about investing, want to get advice, maybe you're looking for a financial planner, should they just go to your website? Should they email you? Should they jump on social media? What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Oh, sure. My website, um, humaneinvesting.com. I have a small, a very short profile and then it lets you schedule an appointment with me once you complete it. So that's the best way. And don't feel like you need to have millions. <laughs> in fact, anybody can reach out to me. I'm happy to help. Perfect. And then for carnivores. Except for carnivores. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping it in the family. We're keeping it in the family. <laughs> Um, and then do you have any final advice for anyone as they're kind of thinking about the rest of the year? Um, you know, is there something that you think people should be doing from an investment standpoint before the end of the year? You know, I know the year end time, a lot of times people make major moves financially, um, in their businesses. Is there anything that you think people should be thinking about considering or preparing for as we even move into 2021? Well, you're going to read a lot about taking out required minimum distributions even if you don't have to just because a lot of people think tax rates are going to be going up and I'm not saying I don't think that but I would hesitate before get taken on a tax bill unnecessarily where people are saying do Roth conversions now tax rates are going to go through the roof but I believe both sides have said they're probably not going to raise taxes for people under who don't make 400,000 or not but if you if you made less oh i should mention this if you didn't make a lot this year either you were out of work for covid it's not a bad idea to do a roth conversion and then that way you can take some of your traditional ira or your 401k money and convert it so that it will go tax-free but talk to a cpa or talk to an advisor about doing it but you can i guess play the tax game a little bit where you get to the next bracket so that you don't have to pay um, the higher rate. So for single people, it's around 50000 when you look at the standard deduction. Up till that, if you made less than that, you can take some and move it. But yeah, I, I read this a long time ago. I didn't make it up, but I liked it. It said, get excitement in other parts of your life, keep your investments boring. And I really do believe that. Like You shouldn't have to move your investments around all the time if you have a strategic allocation that you feel comfortable with. Should we have 2008 again tomorrow? Because we could. We never know. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Well, perfect. Boring advice, but <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I think it's really great because, I, I, like I said earlier, I think it's about reminding many of us to take the action that we want to take, to not wait, to not say it's going to be something I'm going to do in the future. Um, because this is planning for your future. So I think sometimes touching and talking about some of these topics. Um, can help people think about, well, ha if I was thinking about it, let me make that decision. Even if the decision, like you said, is not to do it, like instead of, you know, it's sitting on you and, and being weight on you and that mental strain, 
um, or the idea of reaching out to someone like yourself and get that clarity, get the clarity and the information that you need from someone like um, like yourself, Brenda, so that they can make that decision and move on and make confident decisions, I think, moving forward about not only their investment, but about their future. Oh, I think that's good advice. And also, and this is, I mean, self-evident too, but take, check your social security benefit to see what it's projected to be too. Because I feel like for some people, they'll see that and that's a stark reminder. Ooh, I do need to save because I can't live on that. Or, oh, that's decent. <laughs> I can live actually on that. But it's good to do that. And anyone can go to their website and check it out. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, we had, for some reason, the photo didn't come through, but it said Bravo. Keep up the amazing work. <laughs> so we'll take that Bravo. Um, and Brenda, I hope you felt that. <laughs> but um, it's always so great when we have a couple of people joining in live. And I'm really excited that we had a chance to catch up here. It's really um, a wonderful opportunity to talk about finance. I know not everyone loves the numbers, but the numbers matter. And I also think they matter to our movement and they, and it's very important for us to be active in so many industries as we're trying to take veganism mainstream. Um, so I'm excited that we, that you were able to join me today. I look forward to getting your updated course. We can't wait to promote that and share it with everyone, but no pressure whenever the timing. No, thank is you. It's so good to see you. I hug you from afar. <laughs> you too. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up today's session. Once again, thank you everyone for joining us, whether you join us live or you're watching this as a replay. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you tuning in and we hope that you maybe learned something, maybe get that nudge that you needed or you're inspired to pick up the phone, grab your email and reach out to Brenda so you can get the advice that you need to make better and stronger decisions about investing and obviously investing in a humane way. So thank you everyone for joining. We will see you in our next interview. Bye.